As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash-flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital-raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Joyce Kelly. Hi, Joyce. Hi, how are you? Good, and, and I know that the Best Ever listeners are in for a treat today because we're going to talk about staging homes, and it's something that definitely, at, at least for me, gets overlooked. Um, and for any Best Ever listeners who's interested in doing a lease-to-purchase strategy, this is going to be incredibly helpful because this is going to tell you exactly how to position your home so that it can sell for the highest amount of money for your potential buyer. Um, a little bit about Joyce before she gets into her background in more detail. She has been involved in interior design for over 10 years. She's also a real estate agent. She's been doing that since 2011. She's received interior design awards such as the Window Fashions Envisions National Competition. She's got second place in that. Uh, Kaleidoscope People's Choice Award for Interior Design. Uh, she's had um, some companies focus on interior design, and she is currently a member of the Metro Tech Association of Realtors. She's up for a community service award for that. So definitely a very active individual, both in the real estate community and then also in the interior design community, and has been recognized for her efforts and for her expertise. So with that being said, Joyce, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on what you're up to and um, from a from a staging standpoint, uh, what you're doing now? Yes, I've been a real estate agent for a few years now. Um, real estate suits me because I'm extremely social. I'm a nurturer. That's the type of personality that works well in real estate. You want to take care of people, put their best interests first. Prior to that, I was in interior design. I owned a furniture store. 
I owned an interior design showroom, and I also had a drapery workroom. So I had a very successful business. When the economy died or suffered greatly, I should say, um, what was that year, 2007, 8, 9, around in there, that business, being in the luxury industry, um, sort of fell apart. So that's when I decided to rethink my skill set and got a real estate license, and now I have the best of both worlds, and I enjoy it immensely. I do not anymore have a furniture store nor a drapery workroom, but I still have workroom contacts, and I can stay in the business, so it's a win-win. Based on your experience with interior design and background and then what you're doing right now as a real estate agent and staging homes, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Staging. Staging is its so integral to selling a house. It's not interior design. Contrary to a lot of what people believe, they think that staging is going in and fluffing a home and making it pretty. Well, you are fluffing the home and making it pretty, but you're also merchandising the home. It's similar to creating the attractive vignettes you see in a department store. Stagers create attractive vignettes throughout the home so that the home is attractive to the buyer, so that the buyer sells, just like the vignettes in a, a department store. The art of staging begins with severe decluttering of the entire house. And when I say declutter, I mean declutter. I want people to get rid of everything in their house that they aren't going to use for the next three months. I remove clutter and unnecessary items from the garage, the closet, kitchen, living areas, bedrooms, toy, even the attic. Less is more when staging a home. Even with accessorizing and furniture, I remove as much from a home as I do bring in to, to make it pretty. This is actually good for the seller because he's packing stuff, but now he'll have it all done. When it's time to sell the house, He's halfway there. A lot of this stuff is already packed and ready to go. He won't have to do it. I do get this a lot when I tell my sellers that they're going to have to do this. They look at me and go, I hate you. And then when we sell the house in about two days because it's so pretty and perfect, they look at me and go, I love you. So it's a a win-win. And that part is a lot of fun. Um, Depending on the season, I request that they remove all their out-of-season items. So if it's the summertime, Please pack up all the winter coats and ski equipment and everything that could clutter a closet. The thing that people, most people, unless you're a physicist or a scientist of some sort, people have a difficult time judging volume. But if a closet or a cabinet is completely stuffed so that when you open the door, things might even fly out or fall out, they can tell exactly how much stuff will hold, that, that closet will hold. However, if... The closet's completely empty, like a little bitty tiny apartment. Sometimes people walk in and they go, oh, this this is huge. It's very spacious. Well, they'll look at that closet and go, oh, look, it's huge. It's very spacious. They cannot visualize volume. And that's a great thing about staging is that it makes the house look bigger. And it makes the closets look bigger. So it makes the house look like it has lots of storage. And people love storage when they're looking for a new home. We, meaning stagers, move strategically out throughout the house, and we arrange the seller's furniture and accessories, but we also remove a lot of it. I wanted the house to be Q-tip clean because 
clean counts as much as remodeling. A lot of people think that a house has to be completely remodeled before they can put it on the market. I've sold many homes as quickly as I've sold completely remodeled homes. And these homes, they needed remodeling. So what did we do? We cleaned them and we staged them and they sold quickly. Buyers don't want to go into a house and see that they're going to have to do a lot of cleaning to get to move in. So if you clean a house, even if it's out of date, it needs some updating, the buyer can think, well, it's still move-in ready. It's, it's clean. It's very clean. And when I say clean, I mean car detail clean, the baseboards, the oven, the stove, even inside the refrigerator if it's not being sold with the house because people look inside the refrigerator. Even if it's not going with the house, they'll still look in there. And if the rest of the house is all clean but the refrigerator is a mess, busted, they know something's up because it's incongruent with the rest of the house. So everything needs to be Q-tip clean, including the insides of cabinets and drawers. I stage the HVAC and I stage the hot water heater. What does that mean? Those areas are Q-tip clean also. Completely clean the house. The garage, get rid of all the clutter. Have a garage sale. Take it to Goodwill. The garage needs to look stage two, like nobody lives there, like this is a show home. And yes, from time to time there will be a car in the garage, but if the area around the car is clean and ordered and everything is straightened up, it's beautiful and people are much more appreciative of that sort of a space than to go in and see the garage overwhelming, just crammed with stuff. Um, I also... I request that my sellers uh, repaint areas that have like loud colors on the wall because what sells a house are organic neutrals that everybody can walk in and see themselves living with that color of paint. If you see, walk into a room and you see bright red or cobalt blue or pink on the walls, that can overwhelm some buyers. And you've limited your, your opportunity to that particular buyer who might have bought the house, but they don't want to think about repainting. They want to move in, and they want it move-in ready. So I asked the seller to go in and repaint, and we selectively pick if we have to. We don't repaint the whole house. That's not necessary. But getting rid of the, the very loud colors, that's necessary. A lot of stagers will ask the seller to paint the front door red and I strongly discourage this because unless someone has a really good background in selecting colors, understanding color value, understanding how colors work with undertones of other colors, understanding that you can't put a blue red door on an orange brick home, unless people understand that, that could detract from selling your home. So if a seller wants their front door painted, then I help them paint their door. But I do not request that they paint their door. What I do, however, is request that they clean the door, clean the threshold, clean the windows around the door. Make sure that front door is very, very welcoming and looks as close to brand new as possible. I do like the attic staged. And what does that mean? Again, it's like the garage. Get rid of as much stuff. If, the, if they, people go up into the attic and they realize that it's just wall-to-wall -wall with grandma's stuff and your stuff and stuff from when your kids were babies, it's overwhelming. So you need to get rid of as much of those items as possible. 
I stage the front and the backyard. That means you declutter the yard, you clean up the yard, the shrubbery, the trees, you mow and trim. You put fresh mulch in all the flower beds. If the flower beds are super weedy, a good trick is to weed eat those weeds down to the nub and then throw mulch over the top of them. And then if it's a growing season when you have your house for sale and the little weeds start poking their heads up through the mulch, you can hit them with one of those uh, like weed be gone or something like that and it keeps the mulch looking really, really pretty. You don't need to put plants, just really, really pretty mulch. I do like to see the front porch and the back porch dressed with seasonal color in pots. I teach my clients how to dress their pots so that they get the most bang for their buck. And, and it's a real impactful entry, both front and back. And finally, I think that uh, stagers should encourage the seller to have professional photos for the multi multiple listing service because high-end professional photos is your client's first impression to the world on multiple listing. It's their home's first impression, and first impressions count for a lot. I don't, however, encourage clients to let their photos embellish what the house really is. I hear so often, when we went to the house, it didn't look a thing like the photos, and that's not fair. I want the house to look exactly like the photos and the photos to look exactly like the house because that's that also when the, the client, the, the, the potential buyer gets to the house, it excites them because now they went to the house because they were attracted to the house and score, it looks just like the photos. And that is a feather in the seller's cap. With accessories and furniture, I minimize each room, but I do dress each room to look as beautifully as possible because, after all, the buyer is coming in there because they want to see positive things. And beauty is definitely positive when trying to sell a house. These are so many good tips, and I love that you went in detail with each of them. I'm going to, as I was taking notes as you were writing, and I'm going to quickly summarize what you mentioned. One, declutter it. Remove all the stuff that you don't need for the next three months. Minimize the room by having nice furniture in there but uh, so that the, the potential buyer can visualize what it would be like to live there but not uh, be overwhelmed with the current living arrangements of the seller. Make the home Q-tip clean from the HVAC to the water heater. Uh, to the garage, in the refrigerator, and anything else. Make the colors organic neutrals. Don't paint the front door red, but clean around it uh, from the front and backyard. You'll want to uh, you know, make sure that it's mowed and trimmed, and you don't need to go overboard on the flowers, but make sure you have good mulch on top of them. And then also have professional photos so that you can post those on the MLS, and it accurately reflects uh, the property that's being sold. So how much does all of this cost? I minimize the cost to the client, to the seller. I don't want them to have to put a lot of money into selling their house. It's elbow grease, most of it. Paint is not that expensive. Mulch is not that expensive. Removing things and packing them, you're having to do that anyway to move. If something's broken, broken. If something is broken, I encourage them to repair it. Like if their oven is broken, 
or there's a light out, they need to have all the lights working. But I don't expect people to go in and spend hundreds or even thousands or any amount of money to sell their house. But elbow grease, yes, I expect you to put some elbow grease into it because that's what it takes to make a perfectly staged house. So it sounds like the materials that you'll want to have, paint, mulch, perhaps uh, some furniture if you are no longer living in the house and you've moved or if you're an investor and your your stuff wasn't in there to begin with, having it in there, um, then renting some sort of furniture. So Joyce, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. Best ever book you've read? The Bible. It's a pretty awesome life tool. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it? I am a play tri coach triathlete, and I never plan for the perfect race. I try to create the perfect race from my tools that I have learned in triathlon. I take the tools of creativity, patience, and the life skills that I've learned in coming up with a plan A, a plan B, even sometimes a plan C, so that you can get through the race and stay on track. And I've taken these skills and I use them in my daily life. I use patience and I think on my feet and I create when I only have seconds to spare. And this greatly eliminates stress in my life. It greatly enhances an optimistic outlook. And I stay a pretty happy individual because of it. Best ever success habit you practice? Oh, perpetual optimism. I am a perpetual optimist. Some people are born more optimistic than other people, but I think everybody can become more optimistic, and they just have to train themselves. So you always train yourself to look for the, the silver lining. Recently, I saw a Facebook post. It said, Dandelions, 100 weeds or 100 wishes. That's pretty much how I see the world. I'm always a 100 wishes person. Yeah, I love that, and I I always think of I was reading a book, um, The Magic of Thinking Big, and in it he the author talks about how we always hear there's 20% chance of rain, but we never hear that it's 80% chance of sunshine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, Have you, do you know the story about the pony? What's the What's the pony story? The pony story is, and and a lot of people know this story. There were two children, uh, there was a psychology experiment involving two children, and I'm going to make this really short. Uh, You can probably Google the pony story. But they put one child in a room full of every toy imaginable, every snack imaginable, everything a child could want to make him thrilled. And he sat there in a petulant heap on the floor. I have nothing to do. There's nothing to do in this room. I hate this. I want to go home. And they put this other child in a room full of manure, pony manure. And the kid was delighted. He was digging and digging and digging and digging. And finally the scientists couldn't, couldn't stand it anymore. And they went in and said, what are you doing? And the child said, with all this pony poop in here, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> and that is how I live my life. Sometimes I can feel the pony's hoof. Sometimes I can feel the pony's tail. Sometimes I can ride the pony. There's always a pony in there somewhere. You just have to figure out how to bring that pony to the surface. Best ever deal you've done? You know, I thought about that. 
And it occurred to me that, and this is going to sound so cliche, but it's true. Every transaction is special, and every transaction I walk away from thinking it's the best deal I ever did, no matter what amount of money was involved during that transaction. And when I say that, I'm not talking about just transactions that that closed in title. I'm talking about every transaction, the ones that closed and the ones that didn't. And why? I get to meet new people, make new friends, learn new strategies, create new opportunities. And that happens every single time. Best ever quote. My best ever quote is my own quote. It's on my business cards, and it is my business tagline, and it is happily ever now. I don't try to live for the future. I try to live for today. Joyce, what's the best place to reach you? You can email me anytime at Joyce at Nathan-Grace.com, Joyce at Nathan-Grace.com, or visit my Facebook page. It's Joyce E. Kelly on Facebook. Well, thank you so much, Joyce, for spending time with the Best Ever listeners. I know a lot of the Best Ever listeners will be interested in staging, especially if they do a lease-to-purchase contract with the potential buyer because um, that can get them in the door with uh, both the renter and then also um, build the incentive for them to purchase at a later date. Uh, So thank you so much for, for spending time with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to joefairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on joefairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.